0: Welcome to a special Encore presentation of Compassion Radio 360. Good morning, honey. It's time for 360, the end of our week program with Compassion Radio that talks about what's going on in the world, the stuff that most people would say, this is not real consequential news compared to all the big stuff that's on the front page, but it also talks to our condition, where we are as a people, as individuals, and of course, being Compassion Radio, we want to turn that back to God and His perspective on things that have an effect on us, whether they seem small to others or not.
1: Well, I think the articles that we found to highlight on 360 have been all about compassion and have some way connected to that core value that we have. It
0: will always be our filter here at the program.
1: Right, right. The article that I found this past week has to do with a man in Kentucky who suffers from panic disorders. Now, many of you listeners may have seen this article on the news or heard something about it on your social media feeds about a man who, in his offices where he works, he was given a birthday party, and it triggered a panic attack for him.
0: Something as simple as a birthday party, is it really that bad for someone who has panic attacks problem? And if so, what should we do about that? That's Mm -hmm. a good question to ask a group of people. Mm -hmm. People don't often consider that others might be anxious and what anxious really means for them. Great way to explore that. But there's, of course, a whole lot more to this story.
1: Right, right. Sometime before 2019, this man had asked his employer not to give him a birthday party at work, as was the custom at this office. He said to them, this is a deeply troubling situation for me. I have panic attacks. It can trigger some really terrible memories from my childhood that I don't want to revisit. Had asked them emphatically, please do not do this for me.
0: If you were an HR person in that position, you have been trained up to this point to be careful about the follow-up questions that would come out of your own mouth when someone says something like that, because natural human curiosity might say, really bad memories? Like what? Mm. And if you said something like that to somebody who has literally lived through real trauma or some kind of abuse, asking something as callous as, tell me your story, when they've said, this is someplace you don't go, would be something that would be itself really troubling. My question for you, honey, is, should we always take someone at their word when they say, don't ask me about this?
1: Well, that is a good question. I think that since most of us are not trained therapists, that we should honor that for other people. Unless they're a dear friend, if it's a, a really close friend and they say don't don't talk to me about this, depending on your relationship, you might explore it a little bit, okay um, at some point, would you like to talk about this
0: so we're kind of talking about the bubble here. I mean how far is our autonomy outside of ourselves? That should not be insulted by somebody else's overeager curiosity or callous disregard for our feelings. And that, I think, is a basic human principle here. We can be kind and considerate of others, whether we get it or not. That itself is a lesson worth learning, especially in a work environment. You're with people who are not just your personal friends all the time. You don't always have a choice about who you work with if you're going to work for a company. So, HR departments are there to sort out the kind of things that could impact the productivity of the company, but also the welfare and the emotional health of the workers that they employ. So, this person, in this case, went to the HR department and said, this could be trouble because I personally have panic attacks. Mm. Simple as that. It seems like, at the time, the HR department did exactly what you would expect them to do if they were being sensitive. Okay, we get it. No birthday parties for you. Not a problem.
1: Well, honestly, it doesn't sound like the HR department was even called into the conversation about this. Oh,
0: so what do you think happened?
1: The news article that we read from NBC News Source says that the saga began in August 2019 when berling that's the gentleman's last name, told his office manager that he did not want to celebrate his birthday because it would trigger a panic attack. So this company has a practice of celebrating people's birthdays. So that was just something that they commonly did. And they wanted to do it, apparently, for this man. However, the company surprised him on his birthday with a celebration in the lunchroom. Well, this gentleman had a panic attack, and he quickly left and finished the rest of his lunch in his car and then texted his manager upset that the company failed to accommodate his request.
0: So it was a chain of command issue. They did not get communicated through his own boss. Yes.
1: Now, the article doesn't say what the panic attack entailed. Mm. So we don't know if he just got up quickly and left the room, if he stormed out, if he yelled at them. We don't know that from this article. The day after the celebration, he was called into a meeting where he was confronted and criticized for his reaction, according to the lawsuit. This confrontation triggered another panic attack.
0: Oh, well, you were cornered at that point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So at the conclusion of this meeting, and because the plaintiff had a panic attack, the plaintiff was sent home from work for the remainder of that day and the next day.
0: So he was punished or sent out, maybe not even for pay. You're on leave without pay, perhaps. Perhaps. For having basically explained to somebody and not gotten any response from them that seems appropriate to us, who do know a little bit about panic attacks. Mm-hmm. Let's just pause right there for one second, honey. Describe for us, since you've been studying this, you've worked with people who deal with this issue, and you've had plenty of experience yourself on the pressure that anxiety can have. Mm -hmm. And we know that just being in the ministry, there's always some pressure, anxiety over caring for the lives and investing yourselves in the lives of people who really are suffering constantly. We hear stories nonstop. That would try people. Mm -hmm. We can't say those stories on the air because of how graphic some of the things are that we hear about persecuted Christians, about folks that are in war zones, about the stories we can't tell you about Ukraine because people have given us confidence saying you can't talk about this. But please communicate for us the depth of the need Mm -hmm. emotionally, spiritually, and physically in these Mm -hmm. places of the world where these things that are horrible are going on. Mm -hmm. We deal with this every day. Not to say we're having panic attacks about it, but it does drain you. And without God's strength in there, it can be really troubling and give you nightmares. But that's a choice we made because we're trying to be obedient to God, to follow him, to be the voice and the ears and the heart for the church in situations that a lot of people wouldn't even dare cross over. Mm -hmm. Because someone's got to be witness to these things. Mm -hmm. That's a choice for us. For other people, they go through anxiety when it's not a choice for them. They've experienced something that's been very traumatic. Mm-hmm. Flesh it out for me a little bit, honey. What does a panic attack or anxiety disorder mean for you when you read something like this in the news?
1: First of all, panic attacks are very personal. No one can really understand your own panic attack. To the outside world, it can most definitely look like an overreaction to something. Mm. I think for us to look at this story with open and compassionate eyes is very important. Now, the things that you're talking about, honey, the things that we experience when we travel overseas or the stories that we hear from people in war zones, for instance, or in refugee camps, all the things that we have encountered in our travels and in hearing stories from other people don't necessarily trigger panic in me Mm -hmm. because I've never gone through that kind of trauma as far as what they're experiencing in war or in fleeing their country for safety. For me, it's important to realize that when I experience the panic feeling or the anxiety that overwhelms me, because I've been in therapy and I've also studied therapy, I can sometimes remove myself from from a situation and do things that help myself calm down which is it seems like that's what this man did he Mm -hmm. went to his car he took ownership of it he said this made me panic so i had to leave the situation then he did a great thing also he let the people know that were responsible for this hey this hurt me Hmm. this upset me
0: and you were told about this and you
1: were told ahead of time about this anxiety and panic are very individualized. We have to be aware of that when we are talking to people who are suffering from this kind of mental disorder or disability or...
0: We lack language for this. Yeah, it's hard. Because if I look at you and said, oh, well, it's a personal problem, get over it. Mm -hmm. Or take care of it somewhere else. This is business. This is where the job happens. You were hired to do a job. You have a responsibility to get past whatever this issue is so that we aren't impacted
1: by it. Well, that's true to a point, but a surprise birthday party was not part of this man's job description. There you go. And the people who gave him this party were being selfish, in my opinion.
0: So this person is dreading something that he knows is coming because he's seen it happen before, and he's worried that they're not going to keep their word to him or be respectful of his need to not be surprised. Mm -hmm. So in some ways, he's not even going to be surprised. He's dreading the surprise, which Mm -hmm. means he's anticipating it.
1: We're not entirely sure that he was anticipating this event because he had let them know ahead of time, please don't do this. He knew that his birthday was coming, obviously. So he went to his office manager and said, surprise or no surprise, I don't want a party for my birthday. She did not honor that request. Mm. And later I read that she had said, hey, we just wanted to have cake and a party. Mm. So it wasn't necessarily about this man at all. It was about her wanting to look good to her employees and give them cake, which is disturbing as well.
0: Mm -hmm. This is not a church, but it's definitely a body of people who have some relationships to each other. Mm -hmm. This boss has a responsibility over the souls of the people that are entrusted to them. So it seems like a real disregard for the needs of the people that God has given you. You're not being a good steward. Mm -hmm. And managers, people that work for companies, are stewards of people. They are responsible for them on behalf of the company.
1: Yeah. Well, the article goes on to say that two days later, after his time away from work, he was sent a letter telling him he was being terminated from his position because of the events of the previous week. Now, wow. he sued the company, in turn, alleging disability discrimination and retaliation. The company has not responded to any of the news outlet's requests for interviews.
0: Now, i got to say, my first reaction to that is, is this really a disability? I mean... I I'm suspicious of something I'm not involved with. So me reading this as a news article, I would think, oh, is there a possibility this person is just trying to game the system and trumping up this idea of a disability? And then I thought about it some more and realized that every time we hear one of these stories, there's not a sufficient amount of language for description available to us to get the nuance out. This is definitely a personal and individual issue, but it's something about general courtesy and responsibility that bodies of people have Mm -hmm. with each other. Mm And the law doesn't allow for people saying, you hurt my feelings. Mm -hmm. You scared the snot out of me. That's not acceptable in a workplace. There are other issues in my life that contribute to this, which I did not want to talk about. Now you're going to cut me off and you're giving me another panic attack for losing my job. Mm -hmm. It's compounding. They keep doing the wrong thing, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. the more I read about what the company did. So that tells me taking that person's request seriously could have saved everybody a whole lot of anguish.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That seems pretty straightforward.
1: Well, panic disorder is definitely a diagnosis of mental health issue, mental illness.
0: And as a disorder, it means something that cannot be rectified by simple solutions.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And the fact that this man came forward ahead of time, in some ways, I believe he was being generous to them. Yeah, in he's taking that, responsibility taking for Taking responsibility for his own issue and letting them know mm-hmm. they were insensitive to his issue. Now, but not
0: just insensitive, abusive.
1: Abusive. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Scripture tells us to take care of those who are in need.
0: Some of the words that are used too, like the Aramaic and the Greek that we read, is not just about physical illness you go to a doctor for a pill or an operation. The words mean deep heartache. Things that trouble you from the inside out, Mm -hmm. that others cannot see, Mm -hmm. the invisible harm within you. Those concepts are all wrapped up inside the words the Bible uses to talk about those who suffer. Mm -hmm. Friends, we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine. Please give generously, even sacrificially, right away. Call us at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or give online at CompassionRadio.com. And you can text Ukraine." that's one word, to 53445 to make a gift right now through your phone. Thank you, friends, for letting God expand your faith through real activist giving today. And now, back to our discussion.
1: The greatest commandment is to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and mm-hmm. to love our neighbor as ourselves.
0: Or as we ourselves are loving. That word to me is not just how you feel about yourself, treat other people, but how you have learned to love God, how God expects you to love him. Expect that of yourself in loving others.
1: Yeah. Like you said earlier, honey, this is not a church situation or a body of believers. This is a secular company.
0: But still a body of but people. But it's still a
1: body of people. Yeah. That should the community, hopefully take care of each other, a couple of things that we looked at as we were discussing this article were ways that we could bring this back around as believers to what the Scripture actually says regarding this kind of situation. If it does. Well, I believe it does. I believe the Scripture is relevant for every situation (laughs) that we're in. Exactly. And I know you do as well. One of the Scriptures that came to mind to me when I was reading this article was in Luke 6.31, where it says, Think of the kindness you wish others would show to you and do the same to them.
0: First. Yeah. Yeah. I love the context of that. If you want this... Do this first. That's mm-hmm. what all of the Beatitudes seem to be about. You want something or you want to be happy in something, do this.
1: Yeah.
0: But don't wait for someone else to do it first.
1: Well, in that same vein, Matthew, he goes on to say, this is what the scriptures are all about. And in one translation, it says, the law and the prophets are summed up in I mean, all of this.
0: Yeah. Well, here's a twist for you, honey. Since we've been talking about the idea of the secular and the sacred, church bodies and families versus secular groups of people in some other arrangement, they're not necessarily families. Who was Jesus preaching these sermons to? Was it in a church? Was it to the people who had already subscribed to his way of thinking, had become members of his church? He's sitting on top of a hill preaching this to everybody. Right. Anybody who had even a passing interest in learning what he had to say about what the scriptures were saying earlier They're coming to hear him.
1: Well, you know, there were probably Roman soldiers in the area as well. I
0: mean, the police that are patrolling, keeping order amongst this great crowd of people. This is everybody that Jesus is talking to when he says these things. So these lessons, if they're really true, would in fact apply not just to people who say they're followers of Christ, but to Mm -hmm. anybody who wants to listen to a perspective that might change their mind Mm -hmm. and change their attitude towards those others around them. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think that solidifies my belief that the scripture is relevant for every situation that we're in. There
0: you go. So this particular one from Luke six thirty one says specifically,
1: Think of the kindness you wish others would show to you and do the same for them.
0: So think about it first. Consider it. Do it. Don't wait for someone else to. Mm-hmm. So what kind of kindness do you think this company and this manager should have perceived and expressed to this person?
1: I think to actually carry this out and to be able to do what this verse is telling us to do, we have to have empathy, Mm. which is lacking so much in our world right now. And
0: the difference between empathy and sympathy is what?
1: Empathy is actually putting yourself into a person's life because you want to know them. You want to understand them.
0: The mile in someone else's shoes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sympathy is looking at a situation and saying, that's really bad and Ah, I'm sorry. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And there's plenty of things we could be sympathetic about without having to engage anybody. And and
1: both are fine. Both are good to be, to be empathetic and to be sympathetic. Both are needed.
0: Or part of a continuum of perception.
1: Right, right. But when we can look at a person's life and say, there's something happening in their life that I don't understand, that I have never experienced, but because I care about that person, because I care about the human condition, period, I want to honor that place in them. I want to know about it. I want to protect it.
0: In reading this particular story about this birthday party gone awry, they missed all their opportunities to be proactive in caring for this man's needs and honoring him Mm -hmm. as one of their family, one of their company family. Mm -hmm. They also seem to have missed every opportunity, according to the narrative here, to make up for a mistake. Mm -hmm. Let's say that they really didn't take it seriously and should have, and they saw the results of this. There doesn't seem to be any indication that there was any sympathy or empathy at all following their own major mistake. It does not appear that anyone ever went to this person and said, we're sorry, we were wrong, please forgive us. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. So what's left for this person? He's now not only been outed for having a panic problem, and now he's feeling shame for that being a public thing— He's being second-guessed by the company and hauled into a meeting and then eventually fired for the very thing. He said, please don't cross this line with me. Mm -hmm. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. So now he's been shamed. He's been ridiculed. He's been ostracized. And now he's been kicked out. Mm -hmm. All of these things in sequence have happened to this person. This is the antithesis of basic human decency and courtesy, sympathy, empathy, and compassion. Mm -hmm. The very things we would say that in any situation... The word of God says there is no law against these things. Mm-hmm. If you try to pass a law against compassion, you're really asking for problems from God. Right. Right. So, what comes of it from Luke? What's the takeaway?
1: I think it boils down to are we a people of empathy? Hmm. Am I a person of empathy? Am I willing to go that extra mile and put myself in another person's place, put myself in their shoes, Mm. as you said? And to what end, honey? So that I can live out the gospel Mm. in an effective and real compassionate way. If we're not willing to go that extra mile and see others where they are without judgment without saying, we'll get over it, or, but that's not a real thing, or any of those kind of judgmental statements or thoughts that we have, even if you have those thoughts, then to step back and say, why am I thinking this? Mm -hmm. Why am I so offended by this?
0: Or judgmental or
1: judgmental of this? And to really put myself in their shoes. If I'm not willing to do that, then I'm probably not willing to love my neighbor Mm -hmm. as God tells me to.
0: You know, that discipline that you and I have talked about a number of times on this program that we've been mentored in. As part of our prayer life, as yes. part of our mm-hmm. interactions with those who have come to us, said, I have a problem with this, or I can't get over this. A lot of our friends and people we've known through the ministry have come to us say, "What do I do?" Mm-hmm. Because they assume that because we're in the ministry, that we have right. <laughs> that we have answers. We were taught a simple sentence, which, when deployed correctly, cuts through all of the fluff yeah. and gets to the core issues. It's simply this: God, what do you want me to know about this, whatever this thing is? Mm-hmm. And to help others deploy that discipline as well. Are you willing, are you ready to ask God what he would want you to know about this thing? Mm -hmm. Because you may have a perspective or an understanding that is faulty. You may be believing a lie. Or you may absolutely be on the right track and know exactly this is true, but you don't believe it's true yet because you don't trust your own feelings. You don't trust your own thoughts. (laughs) Let's let God sort that out. Right. So if we will, in real prayer, in real confession, say, God, I don't know what to do about this. What do you want me to know about this? Mm -hmm. People that really pray that prayer are really open to a solution from God himself, from his spirit, are able and are willing to accept what God does say. And I've never known somebody that has prayed that prayer honestly and humbly that has not, in some respect, gotten an answer. Right. And I want people's prayers to be answered. I want them to know what God has for them. I want people to know what God intends to do in their situation and for them. I know the story in this article does not go to that kind of depth, because we're not talking about spiritual principles so much as we are just talking about human decency. But it is the first level upon which we encounter people. And if we're encountering people and have relationships with people, that becomes our template for how we begin to perceive our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So as we start that relationship with the Lord, ask Him to be in our hearts, to be around us, to speak to us so we can follow Him, so we can learn from Him, so we can become like Jesus. Mm -hmm. All those things we say we want when we become followers of Jesus Christ. They're still based on something to start with, and we don't know how much we need those things transformed by the Holy Spirit until we start asking about it. How is your perspective different than mine? How is this situation that I find myself in, in need of your transformation? Mm -hmm. We don't know all those things until we start asking the right questions. Mm -hmm. It seems like this company, on the basic human level, was not asking the right questions, and they were not providing the right answers. And now we're left with this man who's been traumatized more than one time over, who has no other recourse but to get a lawyer and say, "I can't even get a job now, probably because everyone thinks I'm a crybaby."
1: Well, not only that, they accused him of workplace violence because <laughs> he stormed one. because he stormed out of the room. Uh-huh. Then, in this meeting, he had another panic attack, which maybe manifests itself to others it looks violent. I don't know because it wasn't described. So he is labeled yeah. violent. What company is going to hire him with references when this label is on him? It's going to be difficult for him. I'm not one to jump into sue this person, sue that person, lawsuit this and all that. But there comes a point when you say this man's life was drastically changed for the worse because this company's insensitivity to his needs and to his mental disability.
0: Didn't just disregard him or harm him. It branded him. That's probably the best way to put it in English. And therefore he bears that mark of their falsehood Mm -hmm. on his life. Where else is he going to go but to the court at that point and say, I need redress. I need a solution. I need a judgment in my favor. Defend me.
1: Well, the thing too is this brings up a lot of assumptions of People with mental health issues. You know, they're violent or they're unpredictable. They're unable, to control, unable to control themselves. The fact is, nearly 20% of the population of the United States suffers from some kind of anxiety disorder. And that's documented in, like, the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Mm. So, 40 million Americans suffer from some sort of anxiety disorder. Now,
0: that does not mean that we're talking about someone who's constantly being ass- no. assaulted by some kind of incapacity. No.
1: Most of us are high-functioning people.
0: Yes, we are. Most of us. Even us sometimes. (laughs) But there are times when we can't cope with mm -hmm. things that come at us. And everybody has a breaking point, we believe, if they're pushed hard enough. Even great literature makes this point. The best among us can be pushed to extremes in such a way that we finally give out and give up. Mm-hmm. We've seen what seems like simple things for, for many people during the pandemic. Others would look at the situations that young people have found themselves in isolation and say, it's okay, alone time's not so bad. In fact, we need it sometimes. You need to be away from people just to reset. Maybe that's from adults who have gone through those stages and realize the value of solitary reflection. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Nonetheless, there are plenty of young people that had panic attacks because suddenly they were cut off from everybody and everything they thought they loved Mm -hmm. or felt like they were isolated, even if they weren't completely. And it drove many of them to Mm self-harm. And we know that has increased dramatically across the United States and the world since the pandemic began. That's scary in itself. The perspective of time going through that has not entered into the equation yet. All you can see is what you're in. And there are plenty of people later in life that never quite get past traumas because the traumas are anchored in them, not in some place in history. And they carry them like a weight in their heart, in their very bodies. And it takes a toll. Mm -hmm. For those tens of millions in our own country that bear some kind of scar, some kind of weight and burden that has not been lifted, what do we owe them? That's the question I would ask for us as a body. Mm -hmm. If we're the ones that say we follow Christ, what do we owe people that suffer?
1: we owe them kindness at
0: least yeah
1: it's the least we can do for people that are in difficult situations
0: well honey you found this article and it was something that really resonated with you i'm happy to be along for the ride so what's your takeaway for this entire program what's the one thought you would like us to rest on as we exit this 360 program
1: think of the kindness you wish others would show you mm-hmm. and do the same for them yeah. good quote
0: <laughs> i like your authors <laughs> friends, that's what we have for you on this week's Compassion Radio 360. We do wish for you the things that you wish would happen for you. And we also wish that God would enable you to do the same things for others. Ask God what he would have for you in this. And thanks for being with us on today's Compassion Radio 360. We're busy right now helping with immediate needs in Ukraine. Help us help them today with your gift. Just call us at 1-800-868-2478. Write us at Compassion Radio, PO Box 2770, Orange, California, 92859, or make your gift through our website, CompassionRadio.com.